Adam, we had the amazing opportunity to speak with Monoxide of Twisted over Zoom video. Honestly, Monoxide, one of the funniest people I've ever spoke with. He is hilarious, but he talks about growing up in the Detroit area and how he got into music. He tells us how he met Jamie, who is the other half of Twisted. He talks about how their relationship formed, how after various projects they had been in together, Jamie said, this, you know, we got to do one more time, one more go at it. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But what's the harm in trying? So they got together, they started Twisted, and 25 plus years later, (laughs) here they are still releasing records and still doing amazing, amazing things. So. We hear all about the journey of Twisted, how the group formed, how they became independent, all about the record label they have now, the festivals they put together. Monoxide talks about Twisted time on Warp Tour and how that inspired their most recent record, their first rock record that they've released. And that album's called Unlikely Prescription. You can watch our interview with Monoxide on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Twisted. Uh, this podcast is about you and your journey in music. As much as I'd love to talk Funko Pop. Um, and how you guys got to where you are now, and I'd love to talk about the new record you have out as well. Oh, no, yeah, whatever you want. Whatever you want, I'll go fall your ear off. (laughs) Rad, so are you originally from Detroit? Yes, yeah. Okay, talk to me about that a little bit. I lived in in the city for like 20, almost 25 years. Wow. So about 25, uh, Detroit was like, you better move out or we're going to make you move out. It has a way of talking to people like that. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I just knew it was my time. So I left. I moved about 10 minutes outside of it and um, it's very city like, but um, yeah, like I'm not, I can't live in the country or in a rural area where your, your neighbors are every five miles. I don't like right. my neighbors, but I want them there. It makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but I mean, 25 years, that's a long time. And then to, I thought you were going to say, and then I moved to LA or I moved to New York, but no, you moved just right, right outside of Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an East Sider for life. <laughs> it's just two different ways of thinking. Uh, Detroit is basically East and West. That's it. A lot of people know Eight Mile, but right. that's just the mainstreams of view into it. Truly, the city is East Side and West Side. And the West Side, there's a mentality. And the East Side, there's a mentality. Completely different. Really? And you yeah, grew up absolutely. on the East Side, you said? Uh, yes. Yep. Always on the East Side. I live right off of Seven and Gratiot forever forever and okay that is all my inspiration all my drive all my passion all of it comes from growing up in the goddamn jungle you know i grew up in a war zone and didn't know it really this was just how we were growing up sure you know we we weren't supposed to make it out of there that's crazy i mean that must have been well you said that's all you knew i mean looking back at it now must have been pretty scary i would think right my house has been shot up six or seven times. I've been in shootouts. I've been in all kinds of stuff. Like my life before Twisted was extremely different than Twisted On. 
I say it all the time. Um, if not for Twisted, I'd have been dead by 30 or in prison for the rest of my life, without a doubt. Oh my gosh. That is and that's that's just I was the product of my environment. Sure. You know what I mean? It was like there was ways that you could survive. You could either survive or you can be eaten alive. And it showed me that in an early age, third or fourth grade. Like I learned really quick. In third grade, my my best friend killed himself. He hung himself. So, oh my God, right off the bat, like life was just not the same for me as it was for a lot of other people. Like some of the things that had already happened to me, uh, just kind of set me on a different path. Mm -hmm. So more than letting the city dictate, I took what the city offered and I learned how to work it and I learned how to maneuver it. And it plays more than any school I ever went to any class I ever took the things that I learned from maneuvering in the city, I use every single day, sure. every single day. I don't know when's the last time I had to think about George Washington. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, solve some intense math played. problem. <laughs> so my heart, my brain, my soul will always be in that city, regardless mm -hmm. of if it let me in that month or not. That's where that is always my home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just one and, of those things. But yeah, and, very interesting childhood. Sure. Very, very interesting of uh, all the way up until, like I said, till I was about 25, where it was like, okay, I hit a crossroad. Didn't know it, but I hit a crossroad when Jamie Madrox came and was like, I know you don't really want to do this shit, but give me one chance. I have this idea. If it don't work, it don't work. No harm, no foul. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And here we are. You know and, what I oh, mean? Oh, is that twisted? That idea was, well, the idea was of a group together, me and him. Okay. And there was another friend of ours, a good friend, Chris, who later grew to become Blaze Your Dead Homie. And we were infamous superstars incorporated. Mm -hmm. And before that, we were in another band called House of Crazies. We toured with Insane Clown Posse, became really good friends with them. Me and Jamie did at least. And when we left the tour, that band dissolved. Typical, typical. That's why I was like, I'm so done with this. Like, it, right. it's always the same. And uh, Jamie talked me into that. We went to the studio, did three songs. ICP came back from their tour, hit us up. Like, what are you guys up to? You want to hang out? And he said, what have you been up to? Picked us up, played them one song. They drove us to the office and we signed a deal. Wow. Yep. <laughs> crazy, wow. man. That is crazy. I want to rewind just a little bit. That's that's nuts. I definitely want to talk about this because this is part of the story I'd love to hear. Uh, but how did you get into music originally? Were you always uh, into hip hop or like oh, where were you I at? Grew up in hip hop. You know what okay. I mean? I see the birth of gangster rap. Like I've seen the birth of hip hop. I watched it grow when people were like, this is not a real genre of music and this won't last two years and just craziness, craziness. I seen that. I'm sorry. You got a drink. No, go for it. <laughs> but okay. So I'm sorry. What'd you, what was the question? No, I just had How did you get into music? I oh, asked if you're always, if it um, was through hip hop that you got into music. We were a group of friends of about 30 kids. Okay. And group. it was immense, immense. I'm not even bullshitting, like immense group of people. Now, today, only about five of them are alive or not in prison for the rest of their lives. 
But uh, we used to all get together at Jamie's house and Brian, who was, um, I've known Brian for almost 40 years. Like I go way back with Brian. Brian and his cousin did music. They had equipment, they had drum machines and keyboards and whatnot. And they would bring them over. And it would just become this thing where you got five guys over here freestyling, two dudes making a beat. Got like it just became this thing where every weekend everybody came over and we're just messing around. Nobody really took it serious except Brian. Like they were going to the studio. Mm-hmm. And then one night, uh, same things happening, house full of people, and this rapper started rapping. And everybody, we were, it was coming from the kitchen. We're all like in the living room. Who is that? And we go, and it's Jamie. And everybody was like, oh, my God, are you serious? Like, Jamie was the rock kid, wore rock T-shirts. Like, Oh, really? So he wasn't Jamie even really up, into it. He grew up two blocks from me, but completely different than I grew up. And okay. people were just blown away. And from that minute, he found his calling. Like right. you've seen it happen. This kid that just could not find a place in this group of fucking criminals and, and just fucking scallywags. And, you know, he'd be that angel on my shoulder. Like, dude, are you fucking crazy? Don't fucking do that. Are you nuts? Like, I'm like, just wait here. I'll be right back. Like, no, I'm not waiting here. <laughs> like, you know, he kept me from doing a lot of dumb shit. But that that changed his relationship with the city it was it was insane like that and was he just freestyling just freestyle his voice was different it was we were blown away dude blown away and it just went from there and then he got the gumption up to where he's like i wrote a song i'm gonna go to studio and blah 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 and he, he would do it and he would get all these samples and he just learned and then um he came up with the idea of the three of us. Like I said, mm-hmm. the infamous superstars incorporated. We recorded a couple songs, played the song. Originally, Psychopathic Records just wanted me and Jane. They're like, we don't want a three man. We want a duo. And how did they get your attention just off the demos that you guys had created? Yeah, I mean, he came with uh, Finally, Jake came and picked us up in the studio. Was like, let's go hang out. What y'all been, what were you guys doing? No, but pri- prior to that, you said you went on tour with them, but like, how did that relationship form? Um, that came from Brian again, okay. because they had booked a couple shows with Brian and Brian kind of told them about us and they were like, eh, let's give them a shot. Okay. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. And ended up becoming really really good friends like immediately it just clicked and and uh what happened after that we had to tell blaze we're like look dude here's the scenario we're gonna sign this deal but we'll be back for you minute we get any kind of anything we will be back and i think it took us like two or three years but we got him in we got a bunch of the people that were in our circle in that's either cool. rapping or working behind the scenes as, as audio engineers or being out on the road or whatever that case was is is we kind of brought the city with us to the point where they had denoted they labeled us the east siders oh. so 
Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Like, they drew this weird line. We're like, whoa, what's we're trying <laughs> to help the common cause of making this record label the biggest thing it can be. And you asked us, do you guys know rappers? And I told you, when you signed us, we know nothing but rappers. That's <laughs> all we know. Okay. Like, so it just went from there, and it spiraled, and it spiraled. And I became addicted to the business aspect of it. Uh -huh. I'm an introvert, an extreme introvert with extreme anxiety. I take medicine for that shit. Same here, and, man. It's weird because you wouldn't, it's always the same thing. Like, no, I would have never guessed. But like, just because of your career and, and how lively you are on this call, that it's hard right. So you don't introvert. have a fucking choice. Like, right, right. I guess you're going to do it. And then you're going to go and be like totally wiped out after this interview. <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, man. It's not, no, like this, these, not bad you know what i mean but when i'm sure. like at, at new york comic-con that's gonna be a time for me oh yeah because i'm surrounded by uncontrollables mm -hmm. i can't do anything with this situation anything could happen whatever the case so it's stuff like that then i mean it was debilitating i was like almost in the hospital i was in the hospital for about three days and then bedridden for two months where oh, i was gosh. I was, I thought I was dying. And then when they finally told me, no, you have really, really bad anxiety. It just kind of was like, okay, I'm not dying. Okay. Right. Let's figure this out. Sure. But yeah, it's, 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 it's been a trial and a tribulation. Like I'll have them in the middle of performing and I have to leave stage and shit like that. I oh, hope man. nobody really knows, but shit, I'll, I'll be gone for 15, 20 seconds. Cause I can't breathe. Whatever the case may be, it's like, <sighs> when you do that, you can't catch a breath. There's no mm -hmm. breath there. And then that fucking panic ensues. And oh, yeah. there you and go. You cycle. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's, it's just been this journey, dude. You know what I mean? There's ups, there's downs. But the one constant is we don't stop. Mm -hmm. Regardless, if I'm in a bed for two months or... Uh, Madrox fucking blows his knee out. We don't stop. I think last year we dropped five records this year, something like that. Like we just yeah, you guys released stop. so much music, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it it crazy. really is. And um, we feel the same way as the people that support us. Maybe uh, George says we are the biggest overthinkers he's ever met. Because we're constantly tinkering. He's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're like, wait a minute. If we did this, it would be like, that. just that's us. There's never any bit of content. We never rest on laurels. We don't even look back. We haven't sat back and been like, holy shit, dude. We've been doing this for almost 25 years straight where there's no jobs. There's no nothing. We take care of our families. Our mothers, our father, like we take, there's so much responsibility inside mm -hmm. of this now that has grown. And we haven't got to sit back and really talk about shit like that. It's very fast paced. And we believe the minute you start resting on those laurels is when you become content with those. Mm -hmm. And that's when the people that love you and make you who you are start to suffer because they're just getting the same old thing. We mm -hmm. always want to keep it entertaining. 100%. 100%. With um, 
yeah i mean you guys you do work really 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 hard that's an understatement i mean just looking at the discography and all the other various things that you've been a part of over the course of the past 25 years not only twisted but you you know you did like a solo record and some other you know pieces of projects and everything oh, else. Man. we're in 15 side bands right you know, we've done solo <laughs> records we've done yeah now we're doing rock records it's just like wherever that journey may go we're like oh okay let's try it out you know as long sure. as it doesn't compromise what twisted is truly about we'll give it a shot and if it mm -hmm. sounds good we're gonna give it to you guys you know I what i mean that. it's like yeah it, as long as we don't have to compromise who we are then you know our ears are always open our ideas are our, our iCloud is ever growing mm -hmm. you know we just did the fourth astronomicon we launched our own pop culture convention like so crazy that's insane <clears throat> it just doesn't stop and it's because that responsibility mm -hmm. we feel like we're investments we're stocks that the people that make us who we are are invested in. And the last thing we want you to do is buy something you got, you feel like you got ripped off on or buy something that maybe you're embarrassed of. Like these are things that we're always conscious of because we are a creation of something much greater than, than us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is this family that has procured itself into a bond that is one of the most sought after things in the industry, mm -hmm. both in any facet of entertainment. So we're very protective on who we do features with or who we have in our videos. Like we're very protective of that because <clears throat> the relationship that we built, there's a trust there that if Jamie or I say, hey, man, we really think this is cool. They know we didn't just get paid a hundred bucks to come out and say that to them. Right, right. They know right. that we're eating these nachos. We must really like these nachos if we're <laughs> telling you guys about it. Sure. There's a trust there that they know we don't compromise our integrity for anybody. And that's anybody. huge to be said because I, I mean, how much, I mean, I'm sure there's been numerous products that they're like, hey, I'll give you $500 to done, go and talk about how great this is. And you're like, I would never in a million years use this product. No, that's not us. Right. No, I mean, that's, you know, we basically shut Cameo down because so many people <laughs> want us to just endorse their products and we just will not. No, there's no amount of money. There is amount of money, like five hundred. You know, you're talking right. hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I'll okay. I'll sell you all right out. No. Right, right. <laughs> of course. You know, if you could just hang up the cleats and and just let <laughs> you right. and everyone else in your whole you know crew can live <laughs> large. I mean, there's there there's right, that. But... Our own planet to hide on. <laughs> yeah, but, right. yeah, there's there's no amount of money that is going to have us do that. Is because. that is cameo come to that? I'm I've I tried Dude, to get I most of it. I, I mean, mean I haven't really paid much attention. I tried to get um somebody to like a, a, a my my uncles and my parents are from Cleveland, Ohio. So no, I, was, an Indian was on there and he was doing it for like 30 bucks and he was nice you know, on like the 90s team. And I'm like, oh, that'd be cool if you just like said happy birthday to my uncle. And so I paid and then like 
after a couple of days, if they don't do the cameo, then they just refund your money. And that was, yeah. It. So that yeah. happened to me and I'm like, well, that was my, <laughs> my attempt at cameo. <laughs> um, when cameo first came about, they approached us to do it. And we were like, just wait. You know what I mean? Great idea. Let's see how this pans out. And, um, we were really impressed. Mm-hmm. We were really impressed by how they grew it. By, uh, so we did it in a way that our money could be donated. Oh, cool. You know what I mean? So we set it up like that. And, bro, it was crazy, man. Everybody <laughs> wants you to sell something. And, and we're just like, no, 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 no. Nope. Oh, sure. So like, oh, hey, can things. you talk about how great my, you know, or my podcast is? Can you talk about that? And that's any cool. of it. You know, yeah. I got a record coming out. Can you? No, no, <laughs> I don't know. And I'm not going to do that. Very protected, very protected. And I think they see that. They appreciate that. We just don't let anybody in. You've got to earn your way in. I like that though. I mean, like, again, that says something about then, uh, then the people that you do let in, it's like that much more rewarding. I mean, uh, for them too, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like they were talking about my record. They, then they're your fan base knows they might really like this person and yeah. really respect what they're doing enough to say something about it because they don't Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's something that we've, we've never wavered on. Never. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where we've had to do what seems as extremely drastic things so we could remain unwavered. Mm-hmm. And here we are. You know what right. I mean? At the time, some of our decisions might seem like, what are they doing? But in time, it always makes sense. Sure. Always. We don't shy away from much. You know what I mean? We're pretty honest. We're bad liars. So we're better off just telling the truth. And sometimes the truth can get you in a lot of trouble. So sure, it is what it is, man. It really is. We're just trying to elaborate on something we helped create so that there isn't an end to this. Mm-hmm. Because we just have, you know, we never want it to end. There's such a need for people like Jamie and I, that everything isn't about a goddamn dollar. Right. I don't charge you to talk to you on Instagram. You know what I mean? It doesn't, (laughs) there's, there's so many things that I wish would just catch hold in the industry. Like, Whoa, that's, that's nothing. You know what I mean? That connection Mm -hmm. is gone. In 80% of the industry, it's nothing. These people are nothing but dollar signs. Right. We'll never do that. We'll never do that. I don't give a shit. We just never will be those people that exploit the people that created us. Mm -hmm. I I I think that's huge. And it's rang true to this day. Uh I'd like, you know, we turned down Woodstock really wow yeah we turned on woodstock so i'm like that's not us that's mm-hmm. not us it looks fun it's probably going to be a blast but for what me and jamie were it would contradict all of it 
So people are like, you're nuts. You know, Rucker label is like, you're fucking crazy. You're out of your mind. Well, like, I don't care. Think mm-hmm. what you want to think. And I still believe that if we did that, we wouldn't be here right now. Right. Cause how many bands played Woodstock that aren't even, you know, you would never right. hear their name again or be like, Oh, they played Woodstock or right. whatever or happened just, to that band. <laughs> exactly. You know, right. just stuff like that. Like you can't buy us. You can't bribe us. You can't. We are finally in control of our own destinies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have your own what label now and everything. Yeah. Right? Totally independent. Absolutely. You know, people don't believe that. They think that we have this major behind us and which is one of the greatest compliments you could give us because right. there's not, it is literally a five man team. That's Me, so amazing. Jamie, George, Michael, Jason, those five people do all of it. That's crazy. The cons, the tours, the albums, the promotion, we do it all. There's no think tank that's making 25% and then another company over here that solicits for another. No, we we learned the game. We Mm -hmm. learned it. We learned it on a different level. We learned it on a walk level. We didn't run anywhere. It wasn't a run to the top. It was a Pace yourself, walk, and pay attention to everything. Assess it and see how it works or doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing. We shut our mouths, man. The first three years we were on that record label, I watched and studied and analyzed every move they made and broke it down. Mm-hmm. How would that work for us? Would it work for us? Can I manipulate that in a way that it has nothing to do with that anymore? And it were, you know, like we just, that's what I did. And through that became addicted. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, I just love the business side of it. But I love sitting and marketing a record or coming up with a merchandise line or coming up with the next shoe or planning Astronomicon, like recording and touring. That's not my favorite part. It's just not, you know, people think, oh, you're nuts, man. That's just not my favorite part. Uh I like it. It's cool. It's awesome. It's better than 95% of the other work that's out there, I guess, that I could be doing. Sure. (laughs) You know, I actually put my heart and soul into it. I believe in it. So that's a benefit, but it is not my pinnacle. My pinnacle comes from the other side of a successful plotted out planned out mission and people at home are like wow what a boring act like that's that's what i love i love numbers right but that's what makes that happen right i mean i i think a lot of people are under the impression that just because you're a musician or an artist like that's all you do is party and like it's just like no big deal and it's just like they don't understand how i mean people do that but they also had to work their ass off to get to where they are now i mean it's very unlikely that somebody just like woke up and were like oh i just wrote this amazing song and now i have this huge fan base like there's so much grit behind yeah anything i mean for the most part or a bootload of money you know a record label grabs you and puts a quarter of a million into your facebook quarter of a million in a soundcloud and they just right. create, that's what the majors learn. The majors learn, it's not about videos. It's not about uh, uh, crazy promotional tactics. They figured it out. Make these kids look independent. Make mm-hmm. them seem like they're doing it on their own. Make them look independent. And mm-hmm. 90% of them have a major behind them. 
Right. And that's yeah. what they learn. They learn how to maneuver. It's big business still. But it is more of a career option now than ever. Right. Than ever. The internet has given everybody a chance. If you want to go get kicked in the ball seven days a week, there's a lid for every pot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, there's antics and then there's talent. You know, there's it's just so many different ways. And it's it's really insane. It is oversaturated, so it makes oh, it man, harder yeah. for the listener uh-huh. and and for the artist, honestly, because now you're competing with, it used to be 500 bands with a release record. Now you have 5,000 bands releasing a record in a year. Mm-hmm. It's different. So I guess you really got to pay attention in our ears to that street always. Yeah, and I mean, we we're close in age. So I'd imagine like you guys probably grew up in like the sellout days of like, Oh, can you believe they sold out? And like, now it's, that's every kid's dream. Right. <laughs> to you know, there's <laughs> I think people have, have the idea of what a sellout is. I think a sellout is a person that has built something and then completely went another way for the doubt. Right. Of course. That. But if a person is continuously just doing what they do, they can neither control who likes them nor who dislikes them. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. There's right. nothing you can do about it. If the mainstream gets a hold of it and they love it, there you are. Yeah. There you exactly. are. It doesn't happen often, but. <laughs> yeah, very few and far between it will happen. <laughs> right. There's a huge difference in it. I mean, I'm not sure I'd want to be as successful as like a Jay-Z or a, 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 an Eminem, you know what I mean? Because the amount of work that it takes to stay there in that limelight, you, we have no idea. You're oh. talking up at seven on a plane. You got 10 interviews today. Boop, 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 boop. You're going to go to this studio and you're going to talk to him. Then you're going to come over here and you're going to do a magazine shoot. And that's your life every fucking day. And you can't even go into a, a, a grocery store and buy frozen peas to put it on your face and relax for a minute because you got to sign 35 autographs. You just shut down the frozen aisle. Like, I don't know that I want that. I like where my life is. I love it. It is at a controllable pace. I feel like if I want to just say, hey, everybody back up, everybody will back up. They'll give us that space. You know what I mean? We still have some control. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best thing I've ever heard. That was hilarious. I don't Um, want anybody. I don't want to shut down the frozen section. Don't want to shut down the frozen section. (laughs) Wearing the mask for the virus, dude. I love it. Nobody knows who the fuck Nobody knows who you are, right? Nothing. I'm in this now. I'm like this. They're like, that is a happy man walking through that aisle of cereal. That is insane. That's me. Yeah, not a bunch of people stopping you to take pictures and right. Sign and it's autographs not, and... not honor. It's I mean, it is is the most honoring thing is a tattoo. You're just like, oh my god. But um, my imbalance of serotonin kicks in, and I become flustered. You know what I mean? That anxiety kicks in and I feel like I'm doing you a disservice because you're seeing somebody that maybe isn't what you thought it would be. You know what I mean? So it's always stuff like that. 
I'm extremely approachable, though. It's never like, get away from me. I'm going to freak out. <laughs> no, but just know that when we're talking at, at the lunch meat counter, I'm freaking out. I love you. I love you to death. But I'm fucking freaking out. And just, it, and they bear with me. Nobody blows me up like, hey, man, you all right? You ain't looking so good. <laughs> and they may not even notice, but that's what it is. If there's ever any weird, that's what it is, man. It is nothing personal. I'm just a, an anxious mess sometimes. Sure. I mean, I, I definitely can relate to that for sure. Um, I'm curious, you know, you brought up masks and, and the whole virus and all that. Where were you guys at? I mean, as hard as you work, did you that know, affect you? I mean, I, it obviously affected you, but like, tell me directly, like what you had going on when, when that all happened. We watched this virus three months before it even hit America. Really? So in December, we had plotted out an entire year that we knew there's not going to be any touring. They're going to shut it all down, dude. So what we did is we created a better infrastructure for our web store. And we just started recording and giving people music because we knew that this was where it was going to go. Wow. It was just one Are of those things. Watching like a watching, news outside of the US watching, watching these little tag stories here and there like, oh, oh, oh. And I told George. When it crosses into Europe, we have a problem. Once it finally gets there, dude, it is going to come here. We have too much commerce in between each other. So we have to be very, and bam, it hit. Our con was in February. They shut the country down in March. By that time, we had already had the next year and a half planned. So because touring is a huge avenue for us, mm-hmm. taking that away Taking that away from the industry is why you've seen a lot of bands crumble Mm -hmm. because they don't necessarily know anything more than how to be a band. They don't know how to create a web store and then create an infrastructure for it that's going to handle this and have a customer service or even know how to go and create a design for a T-shirt or to market beyond going on stage and doing whatever you do. Mm-hmm. We vowed to never be that. We were going to be businessmen. We would know this every facet of the way. We know every facet of this, from touring to merchandising to marketing to how to points on a record to publishing. Like we are gurus at this. We know it. We've paid attention to it, and we just apply it correctly. Everybody has the same kitchen with the same ingredients. What? you choose to whip up is your own creation if that's how you choose to do it that's how you choose to do it this is how we do it Mm -hmm. and we've done it this way for a long time and it's not going to change i tell people and we don't have to spend money on it why should you that's fair that's fair if we could just do some shit we'll just do some shit well i'm going to charge you but we got to spend a hundred thousand dollars on something we got to recoup that and they get it. Right. They understand that. They understand that we're not a cash-grabbing bunch. You know what I mean? They understand mm-hmm. the, the business aspect of it. And they respect it because they know we don't take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. And we never will. We just won't. So I think 
a lot of bands fell to the wayside with this, with not being able to tour because their main source of income is gone. And if you don't have a web store set up or placements for songs or just behind the scenes things going on financially, you're, you're screwed. Yeah, you are you absolutely true. <laughs> Especially if you're on a label because you have to wait for them to tell you when you can move. And major labels just shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, we're not paying for studio, no tours, no, none of that. So you're stuck. And they were relegated to do things out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to fucking survive. Just to survive. And thank God that we're not in that position. You know what I mean? And if mm-hmm. any, anybody listening, you need help on how to figure that stuff out. You're really interested in it. Call us. We'll help you. I don't give a fuck what band you are. We're not those dudes. We're not those dudes. We're not industry poison. You know what I mean? We share our wealth of knowledge. You don't believe me? Ask Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. Ask Chris from Motionless and White. Like, Ask Jelly Roll. Ask Tech Nine. We always want to help those people that deserve that. Like, we just want to be a part of it as well. And if there's anything we can bring to your knowledge of your wealth of knowledge, we're going to do it. That's amazing. That's, us. that's my entire company. That is, that's so amazing because that can't be said for a lot of people. And especially people that have had success because they're like, well, they'll see you as competition, right? Like you could see the next person as like, well, if I teach them my tricks, then are they going to, you know, leap ahead of me? We're not worried about that. It's not about that. Right. I know. know Which is incredible. It's not about that. It is about longevity. It's about teaching these guys. It's not about a dollar. Mm -hmm. It's not. When once you can get past that, you can add. 10 or 15 years out of your career, or this is what you want. Go in, make a shitload of money. In 20 years, you didn't pay any taxes and you go to jail when you're 60. That's not what we want to do. You know what I mean? Like we pay our taxes. <laughs> like we're both horrified of going to jail as old men. So we make sure that's taken care of. But when we sign an artist, we explain to them, by the time this journey is done, you will not be an artist. We are trying to create a businessman so that when you get to where you want to get and you can go and do it yourself, you know what you're doing. You know it. That we didn't just put all this time and effort into this project. And then when you get your wings to fly, you just hit the ground. Mm -hmm. So we try to teach our artists every facet of this, of it. Like I said, touring, like all these things are their own entities Mm -hmm. and you can know everything about one and nothing about the other four and you're screwed. You got to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that we bring at Magic Ninja is to sign a deal here and to be a team player here is we're going to give you our knowledge. This is everything that we've learned. This is what we know in the Mm -hmm. same way. How can we manipulate it to apply it to you? That's it. Mm-hmm. Not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're not. Sure. We're just trying to create longevity, trust, and integrity mm-hmm. inside of anybody 
that steps foot on this record label. Does it happen with everybody? No, no. We would be unrealistic to think that everybody is like us. That's not realistic. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're looking for. That's not. So it's all a trial and error. You know what I mean? It is. We're very, like I said, we're very honest. Are we sitting over here like we know everything and we're, no, we fuck up too. We fuck up too. But the difference is, the difference is if you make a mistake and you learn from it and you don't do it again, it's not a mistake. It's a lesson. If you continue to do it, you're just making mistakes. So learn from that mistake. Never do it again. And it becomes a lesson. A little easier to wash off in the shower. Like that's what we tell ourselves. I like that. I like that. So this the new record that you guys just put out, is this something that also came from the past year, year and a half? Or I mean, obviously you're talking about, you know, setting up your merch store and just all the different facets that because you knew what was happening. You saw it yeah. in advance. No, um we had been talking about doing a rock record for a long time. Okay. But the, the finalizing factor was Warp Tour. Oh. When we did Warp Tour, we were like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can do this. We can do this in a way that is respectfully done. It's not looked at as a couple of posers peeking their head in, trying to make a quick rock buck. You know what I mean? Like applying our intangibles to branching out and that was the deciding factor honestly was doing warp tour what year did you did you do like the last one or okay we did the very last one bro and what i'm telling you they went above and beyond to make us feel a part of that tour that's cool and doing that tour we seen something we had never seen in music that we had not a part of. And that was check your ego at the fucking gate, sir. Yeah. That's what it was. And we were like, whoa, everybody's just, we're all in craft services standing in line. You know what I mean? Like right. it was, the way they pick the bands, like the lineups, don't they just, they just go off like a, they picked it out the day of, right? Like so you, don't even, you don't even yep. you, just cause you're uh, whoever rancid doesn't mean you're playing headlining the main stage every yeah every day right it was it was insane and nobody was saying anything everybody was happy and having fun and it was it was crazy bro it was something that we went to like oh this could go really bad this could go (laughs) and i mean the the first hour we pulled into warp tour pulled into our bus spot a huge umbrella from a merch booth or something flew and bust our windshield out and oh we're like oh my. welcome to Warp Tour <laughs> here we go turns out it was our idiot booking agent like oh whatever figures but <laughs> no man it, it was right off the bat we're like okay oh, who wow. did that shit <laughs> right 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 well I've heard that like Kevin Lyman is if your band especially if you're a small band and you're, and you're trying to pull the whole like rock star card, like he will throw you off the tour. Like he's oh, throwing yeah. bands you, off the tour. You can't bring that anywhere. And we yeah. were like, 
we were like the ego pit bull dogs. Like anybody be act crazy, they'll just call us over. Have you Matt twisted? <laughs> and like the whole the, the whole demeanor changed when you guys came over. Like it was just a different situation. And, and I I just I loved it, man. That the acceptance, the ability for these people to come somewhere and be exactly who they are, unabated, was massive was massive and of course it was the last one like sure. man we could have been on five of these things you know he's gonna come back and do it he's got to. i don't know we love him <laughs> if he does or he doesn't you know what i mean <laughs> kevin is he's a part of our team like um a relationship was built that like i said we could call kevin right now like what do you think about this mm-hmm. and you know we'll hop on the phone like if there's a genuine friendship there that's fine we'll do anything he asks us for we'll come over there you need us to put your dog down or i don't know some uncomfortable <laughs> shit you don't want to do i don't know like, whatever you need Cal. <laughs> oh, so that inspired the new album then the rock record. so that that inspired it yes gave us the gumption that now go in there and do it and then we found out that jamie madrock can fucking write rock music and i wasn't so bad at it myself like there you go okay Okay. Well, Jamie came from the rock world, didn't he? Or didn't you say Absolutely. he liked rock growing up? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He came in at Quiet Riot and Twisted Sister and Rat and Poison, and he's seen it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when he heard Nirvana, it changed him. It changed him a little bit. Like, he was really into that. And finally got the chance. And man, he can write rock music. Like, it ain't nobody's business. Like, blown away. Blown away. So the process and everything is completely different. It's a brand new world. There's different freedoms in rock music that aren't in rap music. Mm-hmm. And we can appreciate. We're still learning those nuances. And, and just things like that. It's all new to us, too. But it's mm-hmm. fun. That's cool, though. I mean, that's really cool. And I'm sure, obviously, your fans of the the numbers speak for themselves. But like, was that something you might have been worried about a little bit? Like, are they gonna are people going to no digest this record or no, not even a thought. No, um, we knew they'd accept it because, like I said, we have a relationship. Did we know that they'd like it? That was the question. Okay, that was the question. Now you know they'll support us. They love us. They know that is us. But where they like it, and they ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. It's doing really well. I just yeah. listened to George in there talking. Like, it's doing really well. It is. It, I mean, I'm just looking at Spotify numbers, and it's crushing it. It's amazing. You know, we're still tr- there's still stuff that you try to figure. I'm gonna plug my charger in. Go for there it. There we go. Oh, get over here. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Okay, he's gone. I love your walls. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a mess in here right now, but we got some fun stuff. It's cool. That's that's really cool. Thank so you. what do you what do you got? You you have a tour going on now, or I saw you were doing something with um, who are you playing with? Typo Negative or something? Not Typo Negative. Uh, oh fuck, Static. Stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fear Factory. Was- that's what I was thinking. Yeah. About. Listen to crazy this, and that was a tour that was booked last year, already sold out. It's already sold out. That's they insane. just asked us and we wanted to do it. Like they didn't need it. But when we were honored, man, we're like, what the, are you serious? Yeah. 
So we're going to go out there for a couple of weeks with them dudes and rock out. Rock it out. Remind some people that Twisted's still here. We ain't <laughs> went nowhere. We're not all old. We're not all like, oh, you're just getting a shell of Twisted. No. I would say right now we are in our prime. Have you played so, as a rock act yet? Yeah. Like, okay. We just did the big radio station show here, Riff Fest. Oh, and, cool. Uh, that was our first guitar player, drummer. We got the in-ears, like, How real was that? rock. Was, was that nuts. cool? Yeah, it was nuts. That's yeah, awesome. we belong, man. We belong. All the For bands sure. are like, holy shit, dude. You guys know how to work a crowd. Or you're we like, yeah, like, oh, I've only nice. been doing it for 25 years. <laughs> right. You're stand out there and look like an idiot or figure out something to say to these people. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And I appreciate you taking so much time to chat with me today, man. This has been great. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah. Um, I have one more question for you before I let you go. Um, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. I know you've been saying advice throughout this entire conversation, but... Um, the one thing I can say, there's a couple things I'll give. Number one, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else does. Nobody. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else does. The second thing, you don't need a record deal. You just need a little work ethic. You need to figure out the questions you need to answer. You don't need a deal. You need to become a business man or woman. Learn the facets learn how to upload digitally, learn how to manipulate social media so that it is not just a promotional tool, but it's a store as well. We could do I could talk to these kids for two hours and tell them, you know, just give them little gems of stuff that I know for a fact it works. It works. But yeah, those couple of things, man, just believe in yourself and don't take no for an answer unless it's dealing with sex. And just get out of there. Don't be an idiot. But we don't believe in walls. There's always a way. There's always a way. You just got to find it. There'll be a hundred people tell you there's not a way, but that's the same stuff they told us. There's no way. There's no way that you're going to do it. There's no way that you'll have longevity. There's no way that you guys will create any type of substantial standing or footing. There's no way you guys will be friends for over 30 years. All of these things. My parents were like, you can go waste your time if you want. Believe in yourself.